Mm. Ooh. <laughs> What's up, good people? It's time for another session of that verbal cardio, man. Verbal cardio, man. We back again, um, back in business, out here with my co-host, Water, co-host of the goddamn lifetime, man. Water is the best co-host in your life. Whoever you think your partner is, without water, you have no partner. Just so you know, the love of your life, your partner, your kids, whatever, whoever you love most, just know that they wouldn't be here without H2O. Just know that. Take it in, value it, hold it, hold it tight. Water's a good time, man. Make sure you're drinking enough of it, man, on the day-to-day. I try to do a gallon a day. I try to do a gallon a day, man. Make sure y'all are drinking your water. I want I want water being drank. I want no excuses. I want no excuses. Um, it's good to be back. My producer extraordinaire, Sabrina, is out of town. She is in Houston for the week. So uh, she will not be in studio. I got a mirror on the ones and twos. He in this thing. You know what I'm saying? Out here. What'd you have for dinner last night, Amir? Yeah. Uh, uh, I had a chicken sandwich. Chicken sandwich? Yeah. Homemade? Yeah. Ooh. Well, I, oh. I mean, what do you mean by homemade? It was frozen, so. Oh, frozen chicken. Okay. I'm too, I don't like cooking that much. So. Breaded? Was it fried? Was it fried chicken? Or yeah. What? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh. A little Tyson joint, you know. Tyson? Yo. Tyson be making some good ass food, in my opinion. Back when I back when I was in these streets of eating wild, I would get the Tyson products, whether it be the uh, the little the little steak fajita mix they would have, or the or the the uh, the chicken tenders or whatever. Them shits was good to me. Like the Tyson products, I was like, man, this shit gonna be good, man. Tyson be doing it. And who is Tyson? I want to know who Tyson is. So what'd you put on the sandwich, man? I'm boring, but uh, lettuce, tomato, you know, keep it simple. I ain't White with bread. the pickles. White bread? Yeah. No. Oh. I got the brioche bun. Oh, the brioche. That now I figured out, like, I've been eating that, because usually I get the wheat buns. Uh-huh. Um, I only do wheat bread, wheat bread for real. Yeah. And then, um, but then um, I got a brioche bun, and I was like, oh, so this is the cheat code for all the restaurants. They just yeah. use a brioche bun and give it a little flavor yeah. to it, a little something else. And I was like, I, I like the brioche bun. It make, it make me feel like I got the restaurant quality at home. So mm-hmm. now I'm like... Brioche is a cheat code. It's definitely a cheat code. Yeah. Now I feel like I'm on to something. You going to make some French toast with that brioche? Nah. Nah? I like French toast, but I prefer a waffle, though. Oh, yeah. In the, in the, in the holy trinity of breakfast, you know, breads, the breakfast captains, pancakes, waffles, French toast, who y'all got? Remember, you got waffle over pancakes? <sighs> it's tough because they're like, they're like similar, but not. And right. I go in between the two, just depending on where I'm at. Hmm. I might. I. I want to say I want. I want to pick pancakes, but I enjoy eating waffles more. It's just that I find that I get pancakes that taste better than waffles because they'll make a waffle and it'll just be the same. It's, it's the same kind of waffle for a lot of places I go to. Really? Yeah. They usually just like the same. It's like when you get a waffle from a place like, oh, I don't expect it to taste any different, right? Yeah. It's just got the same kind of flavor to it. Whereas if I go to a place and I get a pancake, they probably gonna throw a little something in there to make right. it taste a little different. I will say this though, the waffle at 
Roscoe's tastes different than most waffles. It does. I don't know if that's the waffle or the syrup, though. I think it's the waffle. Because I had, uh, what did I have recently? Cracker Barrel when I was in Atlanta. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, ah, oh, Cracker Barrel. So I was like, I wonder if it's the the syrup or the pancakes. Now, I bought the pancake mix and the syrup, yeah. right? So then I was like, oh, I'm going to just use the syrup and put it on something else. Uh-huh. No. So it, it's the pancake. It, it's the pancake. That syrup, well, that syrup only works for that pancake. Yeah, <laughs> like it don't work for nothing else. Because that syrup, that syrup they use at Cracker Barrel, it's a, it's a, it's a watery syrup. It's yeah. not, it's not thick at all. Yeah, it's more on the maple side. Like maple, maple is like you know, watery. more liquidy. Yeah. Um, but the key, the, you know, the key to Cracker Barrel, and y'all know I love Cracker Barrel uh, pancakes, edges. the crispy edges. And I feel like with waffles. Here's here's my take on waffles from most places. A lot of times when you get a Belgian waffle, sometimes they're thick, sometimes they're thin. Roscoe's and other chicken and waffle places. Chicken and waffle places a lot of times have the thin um, pan, uh, waffles. They have the thinner ones. And so the the little the little holes in the waffles are not as high. Like when you get a Belgian waffle, it's like little walls, and they go up top, and they're thicker and crispier, like... Um, if you get a Belgian waffle from most restaurants, it's gonna be thicker uh, yeah, with that crispy fluffy. crispiness to it. Roscoe's, however, is not crispy. It's flat. It's flat, just like a pancake. It reminds me of Waffle House. Yes, they got the similar. They got similar shaped waffles. Yeah, which I also like Waffle House waffles. Me and too. Roscoe's. Yeah, and uh, when I make waffles at home. It's something about waffles. Waffles, to me, hit harder than pancakes when they're done right. Let's say everything is done at a high level. Mm. Let's say all three are done at a high level. You got waffles, pancakes. Think about the best waffle you've ever had, the best pancake you've ever had, and the best French toast you've ever had. Out of those three, at, at maximum level, I'm going with the French toast at maximum level. I saw that. I was like, I feel like the French, French toast moves up when you put it at a high level. Because when it's done right, man. Man, damn. when it's done. Because there's so many extra ingredients in the, in French toast. Mm-hmm. There's so much more going on. You have egg. You have uh, whether you use evaporated milk or regular milk or almond milk. So you need the milk, whatever milk that you decide to use, cinnamon, nutmeg, uh, you could throw some butter in there if you like. Um, those elements, and then the egg itself. You throw all those elements together. You get the right bread. So you get, and you can make it crispy on the edges. So you get all these factors going into the French toast, and it's just like, man, when when it's, when when the French toast is at optimum level, it's just. I feel like it's more of a taste explosion when it's when it's done, but. People fuck up French toast all the time. It's too many things to do. The margin for error for French toast is more than the other two. I agree. They be they be fumbling the ball. They use the wrong bread. They 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 make it too eggy or it's too little egg, too much cinnamon. Then they put the powdered sugar on there. It's dry. It's not it's not moist enough. The bread is too you know tough. There's so many things that can go wrong with the French toast. But when it's done at the maximum level, goddamn. I'm hungry. I probably do. If they're done at max maximum level, yeah. probably putting pancakes first. Okay. French toast second, waffles yeah. last. 
Got you. They all good, but no, they... a good waffle is just like, I feel like I might have had peak waffles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like I haven't got there with the other ones. Because I go to places okay. and I'd be like, damn. Because I thought I had, you know, really good. Like, I've had great pancakes. Yeah. Granville, they, they brought their brunch back. There's a restaurant chain out here uh-huh. in LA. It's called Granville. They brought their brunch back on the weekends. It's only Saturday and Sunday. Oh. It is. They have these things. What are they? Uh, Heavenly Hotcake or something like that. I think uh-huh. that's the name of them. And I waited two and a half years for them to come back because the pandemic happened and it was gone. Yeah. They brought it back. I went back and I was like, <laughs> man, this might be the best pancake I've ever had. Like, the legit, like, one of the best ones. It's just good. Like, yeah. And then the little fruit that they have on there, like, a little strawberry touch a little bit and get in this. Oh, man. I just, oh, that's a good I might have time. to go back this weekend. You, but then there was a place in San Francisco I went to as well and they had a pancake and I was like, okay, this is really good too. What was the name of that? Uh, Z- Zazi. Okay. Zazi or something like that? I'm going to have to write that down. I'm going to ask Sincere to go and case the joint. Sincere yeah, is Z- out there. Zazi, like, it's like, it's supposed to be like French cuisine or whatever. It's one of the restaurants where they don't, you don't have to tip because it's already included, supposedly. Okay. Or whatever. So it's cool. The, yeah. the food was cool. Um, You know, eggs and the typical, you know, uh, kind of thing going. But that pancake was, I, yeah. I took it home. So Crispy ears? Mm, no, it was it was it was on the fluffy side. It was more okay. fluffy, not less you know less crispy, but the right. flavor was just fully there, like all there. Have you ever been to the Griddle Cafe in L.A. on Sunset? No, 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 no. They um, dope dope breakfast spot. They make they make these huge pancakes. They make these huge pancakes to where. I don't know. I don't know what your capacity is on the food tip, but I I, I would imagine that you're not gonna finish in one sitting. You know what I'm saying? Three, if it's, if it's three, no, I'm, they fire though. Like I I would say those are the best pancakes I've had in L.A. Okay, the um, griddle. I've heard of that. I think I have it saved. Yeah, I just haven't been. Yeah, it's good. That, I think I saw that before I even moved out here, and I was like, I yeah, need to I need to lock that in. It's fire. BB's waffles are great. I don't think I've had their waffles. Really? I think I've had their pancakes. Because they do have like specialty pancakes. If you just get the default waffle that it comes with, it's like a wheat waffle or something like that. Yeah. That shit is so good. Oh, shit. I I don't even, like I've messed with the pancakes or whatever. My girlfriend's done the specialty ones or whatever. That waffle though, the first time I had it, I was like, nah, who made this waffle? Because it's great. Did you go in the kitchen? That's when you got to go in the kitchen. I was already sitting at the counter and I was like, yo, who made this waffle? (laughs) Because I'll be I'm, asking the hard hitting girl, I'll be like, yo, who's responsible for And it's this? like crunchy. It's like it got like a crunch, but it's not it's not hurting when you bite into it. Like it's yeah. the perfect bite. You bite into it, it's like crunch and it's like soft. Yeah. And it's like powdered sugar on top. Uh, yeah. I don't like powdered sugar. Really? I don't. Like when they be throwing powdered sugar on shit, I'm like, man, get it, get it out of here. It's like parsley. Yeah, like it's just it's not necessary, man. I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of the powdered donut, the powdered sugar. I don't like powdered donut. And either. so when they throw it on like French toast or like these pancakes, I'm like, man, get it up out of here, man. I don't need it. I just need the butter and the syrup, and we good. Um, there's a there's this place in in Vegas, I think Blueberry Hill. I mm-hmm. remember me, Tony Valentino, Brennan. We went. We was in Vegas one time. They had some good ass blueberry pancakes. I remember really enjoying those pancakes. I was looking at Brennan's mom. I was just like, man, it's funny when you eat when you eat good food, you remember who you're with. Yeah, you remember all details of of when you eat some really good food. You it's remember who was senses. there. You remember what they had on, what was going on. The details come flooding in when you when you eat some dynamite. And I was like, I was looking at Brennan's mom. She ain't had nothing to do with what was going up. I was just like, man, this is a good ass pancake right here. 
And um, I damn miss that stuff, man, because I, I don't eat any of that the way I used to, and I just miss it, man. I'll be out here like, man. That's like my, one of my favorite things to do when I'm traveling, like yeah. finding a good restaurant. Oh. Like when I Vegas downtown Vegas Seventh and Carson, mm. we went there. They had like they had mini waffles. Yeah, they that was hidden, but their their uh potatoes, man. We went. I went back twice. Like was I it like to. a home style potatoes? Yeah, they were it was like cut up, up and they were seasoned. Yeah. They put them in a little thing. I remember I had like I had did like a little video on Instagram or whatever, and then Brennan was like, "Man, there's no way you gonna eat all of that." Send them the video back because I had I had waffles. Yeah, I had eggs. I had potatoes. I had, and there was something else, and I'm small, so it was, oh, and yeah. I had toast. Yeah. And I sent it back, and I was like, yeah, I ate it all. You all ate it all? Orange juice as well. In one sitting? Yes. I was not playing around with fruit. With fruit? Oh. Bananas and strawberries, yes. And I'm that proud. was, that might have been the only time I ever did that. But I was like, you know, I'm a, I definitely had the itis afterwards. I don't oh, know yeah. how I made it through the day because that was about <laughs> 11 o'clock, and I, we finished. It was like one time I was like, man, we got a long day ahead of us. Yeah, man. man. That's one thing about good. breakfast, though. When you when you fully go in on waffles, pancakes, that itis is going to kick your ass down the goddamn steps. You're going to be toe up. I remember I did like a pancake eating contest with uh, somebody I acted in a stage play with. I was in this play of Mice and Men, right? And if you're familiar with the Mice and Men, it's the story of these two brothers. One is like this super huge dude, but he's not mentally all there, and his brother. And so... The dude who played the huge dude was in the play with me, and I played the character of Crooks. Like you know, what I'm saying I had to, I had to tow it back, so I was I was a handicapped individual in the play. So so the dude is a big dude, right? So I was like, we all got together and we went to IHOP. IHOP was having the all you can eat pancakes at that time, and I was just like, yo, the cricket is in there. So I was like, yo. Even though this is a big dude, let me tell you what I what I underestimated based on sexual orientation. The big dude is gay. And I felt like gay dudes don't be eating out here, man. They don't be eating <laughs> out here the way I be eating. Even though he was a big dude, big dude, heavy dude, taller than me, I was like, but he gay, though. <laughs> gay dudes don't be digging in, man. You know what I'm saying? They don't be they don't be getting it in on the food tip. I was dead wrong, man. You learn something new every day. I was like, yo, they be out here in the gay community eating and taking the pancakes down. I was like, you motherfucker. I underestimated him. I discriminated against him because he was gay. I was like, yo, gay, gay dudes don't be eating like that, man. Cause I was thinking about all the <laughs> all the gay dudes I knew and, and the stuff I'd be watching. I'm like, man, they don't be eating. They just be out here, you know, living their best lives and being gay and loving one another. And I was like, they ain't eating, though. You know what I'm saying? They don't be grubbing. They don't be the stereotype I see in the goddamn movies and TV and stuff. I ain't seen Elton John eat. I ain't never seen Elton John eating, man. I ain't seen Freddie Mercury eating a goddamn thing, man. So I was like, man, I'm going to out-eat you on these pancakes, man. And sure enough, he tore my ass up, and I lost. <laughs> he kept the pancakes coming. I tapped out. He had a couple more orders. I was like, you know what, man? And then after that, I had the itis. I passed out on the living room floor for the full night. That's too much sugar. Never even made it back to bed, man. And 
at the Griddle Cafe, which is out here, I told you they got the huge, the pancakes are the size of the whole plate. I finished it all in one sitting. I had a moment to where I had to have a little uh, intermission where I was eating. I was, it was me and Chaz. Me and Chaz were battling. And I, I got halfway through and I kind of shut down. I had to reprocess. I'm turning off the IG Live, y'all, if you want to see the rest of this. If you want to see the rest of this story, join my Patreon. You can get in on it live. Or else, just wait for Wednesday when it pops. Um, so I eat half the pancake stack. And there's three huge pancakes I'm going in. I eat half the pancake stack, and then I kind of shut down. I go into like a little food coma, hibernation, recharge, whatever you want to call it. So I shut down, and I was just sitting there. And then I, I got I got recharged and finished all the pancakes in one sitting. When I tell you, when I got home, I had the most epic food coma of all time. I got home, at, I would say, 2 o'clock, 2.30. Went to sleep, woke up the next day. I never Damn. recovered. I never recovered. That's crazy. That was the itis at a maximum level, and I never, I was face down. But I still hold that over Chaz to this day. I was like, I finished the stack, and you didn't. So don't ever disrespect me out here on these food streets. I want y'all to know right here, right now, that I'm not to be played with on the food tip. The only reason. The only reason I'm not out here eating everything in goddamn sight is because I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm focused on health and I'm trying to slim down. I'm trying to have an ab for once in my life. That's the only thing that's stopping me from going full Hulk mode at any given time. I'm always hungry. I was talking to Sabrina last night. I was like, yo, not even grief stopped my appetite. Not even grief, mourning, still didn't kill my appetite. I was still eating when some rain passed. Still eating. Eating food, finishing plates. I'm like, what can stop me, man? So just know. But also know this, I can't be beat. Shout out to my... uh. <laughs> My co-star in that play that whooped my ass and all you can eat pancakes. <laughs> I'm still, I still ain't forgot. And I underestimated the gay community on the eating streets. If a gay dude challenges you to an eat off, do not underestimate them. They're gonna be like, oh, you want some of this? Hey man, watch out. Look out. Um, Kanye is in the news. Um, I don't know what he said on the Drink Champs interview. I'm at a point now when it comes to Kanye. I'm at a point now where I just don't pay him any mind. Like yep. I'm numb to everything this man says at this point. Like he said, he says so much and does so much that I'm just I'm just numb. Like nothing that comes out of his mouth can get me anymore. I'm just like, ah, you know what? I don't care. I didn't check into the Drink Champs interview. I heard about what he said about George Floyd's death. I didn't hear him say it, but I, I read about it. And I just don't care. I don't care. I'm on my key on now with Kanye. I don't care. You got to be. I don't care point. at this point. You have to. It just don't matter anymore. <clears throat> and it, the, the worst part is that he's saying all this crazy stuff, and there's so many people out there that are like, 
it's going over your heads. And I was like, well, what is he saying that's supposedly going over our heads that we ain't heard other people say before and right. get criticized the exact same way? He's not saying nothing new. He's not yeah. doing anything. Like, I think people are so attached to, when it comes to not even just Kanye, just like celebrities. And then when they get up there and they start talking, they be like, yeah, he gets it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? He's just a regular dude, too. And then like nothing profound that he's saying or anything that's supposedly groundbreaking or whatever. And they look to him as some kind of guy like that and... What I saw a tweet that said the guy that he is now, yeah, he's been that longer than the guy that we grew up liking before. Absolutely, yeah. he has he has surpassed the Kanye we were all rooting for back in the day. From like, I feel like the downside of Kanye West kicked in right before the release of, excuse me, right before the release of my Dark Twisted Fantasy. That's when he did the Taylor Swift thing, and that that was the the beginning of the end as far as the Kanye. Because, like, Kanye, when he first came out, he was rooting for this guy. He was something different. He wasn't thugged out. He wasn't wearing a bulletproof vest. He was the guy that the majority of us could relate to. The majority of black men in America are not 50 Cent. We're not out here like that. So Kanye was a regular black dude that we could connect with, you know what I'm saying, he had on the polo shirt, the backpack, regular name. So we were just like, yeah, man. Yeah. He wasn't super, super artistic looking or anything like that. It was just like, yo, we could relate. And the majority, the majority of black men in America fall to that, you know, demographic in terms of just we just out here, man. We just out here. We ain't all in the streets like that. And that's the that's the stereotype that we have as black men. It's like we all thugged out or we just athletes. And that's not the that's not the reality. And so we was just like, yo, Kanye West, man, he talking about his life, man. We can relate. We was all in. College dropout, late registration, graduation when he went up against 50 Cent. It was just like, yo, we were rooting for 50, we were rooting for Kanye West. It was just like, yo, man, you know what I'm saying? Kanye, let's get it. We bought into it. We bought into that whole versus thing. And it was like, it was amazing. And graduation, damn near sold a million copies that first week. He got like 900 some thousand copies that first week. So it was just like crazy numbers. And and then it was just like, all right, man, you know what I'm saying? He was out of line for what he did to Taylor Swift. But it wasn't like it wasn't like we were gonna write him off because yeah. it was that just we like, we had his back. We still had his back. We look. Like, well, he's right. He got a point because we always feel like the war shows show favoritism to the white the white uh, artists. So we were just like, he got a point. I mean, he did it wrong, but he got a point. And Beyonce, you know, we was with him, but it was still an asshole move. So that started the switch, and then from then on. Like, cause even when he said George Bush don't care about black people, we was like, you know what, you right, you right, man, we with you on this. And then as time goes on, he's just it's it's at this point now it's more like <clears throat> I, I would say the reason that he is doing the stuff that he does, I, it's just unchecked. Yeah, nobody can nobody can say that's that's kind of how he's been, which is why it's like it, it was something that was bubbling for so long. Yeah, nobody can you can't say anything to Kanye. He's made that clear. You can't say nothing to him. And if he finds out that he's wrong later, ah, oh, my bad. But that's fuck it. it. Yeah, yep. my bad. But fuck it. That's what happened. We moving on. Like right. kind of thing. You can't tell him he's wrong. So there's no way for him to go and and he's under this gaze of just doing whatever he wants. So the minute that he feels like he's wrong, 
Now there's some kind of outrage because Kanye West has been wrong. And now yeah. I must tell everybody about what's going on. I don't like this person. I don't fuck with this person. <laughs> this person's tripping. Right. All of this information that we don't need to know. And then it's, it's just a thing and everybody has to pay attention to it. And it's like, ah. And the likableness of Kanye came from him being outspoken. He was an outspoken right. guy. And that's yeah. a likable thing, especially when you think of celebrities. Like, he's not afraid to say what he want to say. That's right. admirable. We admire now, that. Now it's to the point where it's like we can't stop him from saying what the hell he wants to say, right. even when he's wrong. <laughs> it's ridiculous now. And I, I really feel like his mother is a huge void in his life because that was the one person that could reel him in and could check him on stuff. But now, you know, especially especially billionaire Kanye, we're, we're done. Yeah, we're he, done. He got he got the point. money behind whatever he want to talk about. We're done, man. We just gotta. All right, we just gotta take it. So, so now you know. So I just have to. I really just had to turn the switch off. Like I don't. I don't care what he says anymore. Like I. I don't even know what he was talking about on Drink Champs because I'm not pulling up. And I know you know Nori had to apologize, um, but I'm. I'm just like you know. It kind of rubbed me the wrong way how he was disrespecting Talib Kweli and them, was saying I was using them and I was just you know I felt offended. I was just like, man, you know what I'm saying? We appreciated you being in the backpacker type realm um, and putting putting Talib on his album and putting Common on his his first album because I feel like Kanye gave Common a resurgence and I was I was excited for that because Common has always been one of my favorite MCs and when Kanye put Common on. And they were working together, and they were both from Chicago. And I'm just like, man, I'm loving this right here. And Common had that long-ass dope verse on uh, the College Dropout album. And then he produced the majority of uh, B. And then he did a lot of production on uh, Finding Forever. I was just like, yo, this is a good – I'm loving this, man. It's homegrown. You know, I'm a Chicago kid, so it's like, I'm always rooting for the Chicago cast. So it was just like, yo, this is – I appreciate Kanye for this. But then to find out that, you know, that was really just fake, I was just like, man, Sam thought she was one of us. That's kind of how he's been doing it lately. It's just you think you you think you cool with him yeah. one day and the next day he's like he crossed you. You shouldn't have. You and you can't really, you know, be so cool with him till you think that it's all right and then all of a sudden you turn your back on him. Which is yeah. why like all the beefs that he's had recently has been like, Oh, they were cool and then all of a sudden it's like, Wait, he wait, what happened now? Like him and Kid Cuddy, like nobody would expect them to be right. beefing or whatever now it's like you know right. Cuddy was the first person I saw to be like yo like you need to you know yeah. I'm not finna stand for this like you need to go right. get yourself together man you tripping and you need more people around him like that right but then again it's hard to crack that shell cause Kanye has a you can't tell me nothing right kind of attitude so no matter who tell tells him nothing. especially if he don't if he don't already respect you he already disrespecting you he talking right. trash about you you're not gonna look at you like I'm gonna listen to you yeah can't tell him nothing. Literally, he said that years ago. He, he wasn't said that joking. a long time ago, and here he is. Can't tell me nothing. And he meant it. He stand firm in that. <laughs> he meant you can't tell me nothing. So it was just like, damn, man. It's tough to watch, but I, I'm I'm done watching at this yeah, point. Yeah, I can't. I can't I, tune in anymore. Yeah. I'm done. I can't tune in any longer. Have you seen, speaking of Kanye, have you seen the Pete Davidson Taco Bell commercial? Yes. Is I've he, seen a YouTube ad about it. I saw... Um, <laughs> I saw an article about uh, his Taco Bell campaign. Uh, it's like breakfast Taco Bell menu or whatever. And they were saying that, you know, people were turned off by the the spots because he's chewing with his mouth open. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen the, the commercials. And I'm just like, man, he getting flagged for 
chewing with his mouth open. And I know that's a big turnoff for a lot of people. I'm just like, was it that bad in the uh, in the Taco Bell spots to where people just like, you know what? I'm done with this. Yeah, Taco Bell got a breakfast menu apparently, and you know Pete Davidson has been doing some of the commercials. I'm gonna see if I can pull something up. I'm gonna look at it right here in real time just to see Taco Bell, Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson commercial. All right, let me see. Let me see what they're talking about. Because, oh, here's one video. It's a short of him eating the breakfast crunch thing from Taco Bell. He just chewing. He chewing with his mouth open, but it ain't like disgusting. That's kind of ridiculous. Not bad enough to where people are just like, I'm not with it. Oh, let me let me look at this one. Breakfast commercial. Breakfast. But I do feel like if you're doing a food commercial, you gotta chew with your mouth closed. You gotta chew. You can take a bite of it. You can take a hit, but you gotta do that closed mouth chew. Let's see. His mouth is closed on this one. I don't get it. I don't know, man. Maybe that was just a random article I read. I was just like... Ain't no telling what they told him to do while he was on set. Right. Sometimes you got to be dramatic to sell it. I did a Jack in the Box commercial uh, years ago. It was for the Jack in the Box pastrami sandwich. And we were playing in the commercial. We were like in this focus group. So we just had to bite into it and just chew it. And I remember... uh, I remember, you know, I did a closed mouth chew. I was just like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And that's all I did in the commercial. It was just me literally biting into a sandwich and chewing. And uh, I remember, you know, when you do food commercials and stuff like that, they have a spit bucket next to you. So you can chew and then in between takes, you can just spit out what you're chewing. Me, though, I'm going to actually eat the food. So even though the sandwich was room temp, I was really just just eating it. I was just like, well, I can, I can spit it out. Or... Or I could just eat it. Or I could just really just eat it take after take. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm about that life. That's what y'all don't understand. Nothing stops me. I'm out here really eating in commercials, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, even when I've done other stuff, we we eating in the scene. I'm just like, I'm going to finish this. Y'all going to have to re-up. Because I can't, I can't space it out. I'm going to really eat. I'm like Brad Pitt out here. You know Brad Pitt be eating in mass scenes. That's me, man. I can't stop. I can't be stopped, man. Um, something else is going on out here. So a bison attacks a woman. And I've seen I've seen a video a while ago of a bison attacking a woman. And let me tell y'all something about the American bison. They got legitimate beef out here. They got beef. And what the American people have done to the American bison historically, I feel like the spirit of that lives on in the animals today. I feel like energy lives in animals as well as humans. There's an energy there. There's a life force. There's a, there's a vibe. And when you, even though, even though they're animals, when you take trauma and beef and energy and you put that into offspring, it's going to create a genetic makeup of 
natural fear of human beings. I, I fully believe that. I feel like that's how evolution works. I feel like black widows, black widows have colorful markings on their abdomen for the simple fact that it lets predators know that these animals are poison, could be harmful. So when the animals that would normally eat them see that, and they'd be like, nah, I ain't really rocking with that. The fact that that's, that has happened through evolution lets you know that these things can happen in animals that are abused by humans. So during, during you know, expansion west when, you know, the white community was fighting with the Native Americans, the indigenous people of this land, they were doing dirty tactics where they were just killing the American bison to uh, disrupt the food source, to disrupt the clothing source. And, you know, the American bison was so vital to the indigenous people here that they were like, all right, we're just going to kill them all off. They riding through on trains just shooting these animals. And so they damn near wiped them off the planet. Yep. And so they were able to rebuild and, you know, repopulate. And I feel like, honestly, like, you know, even though they're animals, I feel like they carry that legacy into the now. So they, they're mistrustful of humans and probably, shit, they're probably mistrustful of white people. Because historically, you know, when you look at the history of what they did to those animals, it's just like that goes into the genetic makeup of the babies and to the next generation. So it's just like, yo, we ain't really rocking with you. So, you know, if you're an old white woman approaching these bison, they just like, yo, I'm genetically, uh, what's the word? A genetic disposition? Yeah, whatever. predisposition. I got a disposition to just attack you. I don't know why. I just feel it in my bones. I, I can feel it in my soul. I can feel it in my very fiber to just, Cram this woman right here. Just give this woman the cram based on the historical, you know, history of what you did to my species or whatever. And so, you know, with these bison, you got to be careful. And these are big animals. They out here, they, they fully bearded. They got afros. They got horns. They are huge. They're not here to play. And I love the way bisons look in the face. And like, you know, it just just got a big ass head and these are like huge beasts. So it's just like, yo, when you approaching these animals, man, you gotta be careful. I know, I know you, I know you appreciate nature. I know you wanna be one with nature and you wanna get in and show that you're not scared, but be scared. That's like you should be scared sometimes. <laughs> be scared sometimes. If you're not truly scared, show caution. Realize what you're dealing with. Like for me, for example, I'm not scared of any animal. I'm scared of certain bugs and insects, but I'm not scared of like animal animals. That goes to the tigers, the lions, the alligators, the crocodiles, the sharks, animals that could kill me literally easily. Sharks are a little bit different like cuz I have to be I have to be in an environment to engage with sharks to where I'm already uncomfortable in that environment, if that makes sense. So like, you know, when I see when I see a tiger or a lion, I'm comfortable on land and, you know, walking, walking around. I'm comfortable in that environment. So even if I see a tiger or a lion, I'm like, yo, they could, they could kill me. They can just, you know, cut my throat with them hands. I'm still not really fully terrified because at least I know I can run. I know how to move in this environment. If I'm in the, if I'm in the ocean with a shark, 
I'm already uncomfortable in that environment because I'm like, yo, can I still swim? I got to hold my breath. I might drown. You know what I'm saying? I might swallow too much water. I'm worried about all these other factors and the shark. So it was just like, all right, the shark might get get me on that one. But I'm not truly scared of sharks themselves. Like if you put me uh, in the equipment, like I got on the scuba gear, I got the oxygen tank, I got the flippers on, I'm feeling I'm feeling comfortable in that environment with the breathing apparatus and all that, I'll be fine swimming with sharks. But if you just got me in there raw, just in some uh, some swim trunks and a white beater, and the shark is out there, and the hammerheads and the regular, nah, man, look out, man. Let me get up out of <laughs> Shark here. Sharks don't even, they're not as aggressive as people think. They are, right. they can be aggressive, but they're not as aggressive. The whales are the, the ones to look out for. Whales, dolphins, orcas, those should be feared more than sharks mm-hmm. because they're temperamental. They're, you know what I'm saying, territorial, all of this. So, you know, people be like, free willy, my man. <laughs> Watch out, man. These killer whales, that name is in there for a reason. Yeah, you see them, they be attacking those, um, the people that be keeping them like, a, like uh, what is it? Uh, the Sea World and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. And that, that ties back to the Bison thing. They know. They have exactly. seen you guys take them from captivity or whatever the case exactly. may be and be training them and doing all the stuff. They don't want to do that. These animals know. Elephant. The elephant attacking the lady. The they, she kept that beef for years. Elephants never forget. They know what's going on. We think animals just... They're just whatever. Yeah. The plants know too. They know. The plants know. Plants, I I just feel like there's a historical record that's kept from animals to humans to whatever of just knowing what's dangerous for you. That goes from plants. Plants have defense mechanisms in place because of certain, you know, elements. And it's just like, it's just natural. Even with us, like, you know, it's certain things that... We might not even know why we're scared of a certain thing or we get nervous around certain things and we're on edge. Even if there's there's no real, you know, correlation between you and that particular thing, you have an inherent fear of that. And you, you don't even know why you have it. You're just like, I ain't feeling it. And a lot of us, you know, have those things. The animals have them too. And they said uh, a hiker is taking the TikTok to warn about the dangers of invading a bison's personal space after she was attacked by one of the creatures last week as she hiked alone at Cap Rock Canyon State Park and Trailway. So it's like, uh, as much as I love animals, and I love them, like, you know, bears, all that, and, you know, I might be more prone to, and that could be my, my 25, my 27% whiteness, I'm more prone to, you know, be close and not really run but I really won't approach. Like if I see like a big magnificent animal and I'm already outside in that environment, I might just chill. I'm gonna probably just chill and just sit. And I'm not gonna try to come and connect. I'm not gonna try to, you know, make contact. I'm gonna just be like, oh shit, they really out here. And I'm gonna just chill as best as possible. With the slow blinks, I'm blinking slow. They say that when you look at your cats, blink slow. Like when your cat looks at you and they give you the soft blink, that means they're comfortable with you. It's like, you know, it's like a little, man, I'm rocking with you. So they say that when you look at your cat, when you make that eye contact, give them the slow blinks. That makes them more comfortable. Um, Because when you're just staring at them, you're just like, hey, you know, and I do that. Like when midnight fucking up, 
He on the counter. He doing something he ain't supposed to be doing. Hey, man. What you doing? Hard, unblinkable stares. What was you doing up there, man? I told you not to go up there. And I know I, I catch myself sometimes because Midnight be looking at me with no blinks. Midnight be like, so I'll be like, so we staring at each other like, what, what you looking at? Well, what you looking at? So we looking at each other, man. What you what you want to do? So we looking at it. And Midnight is intense in the eyes, man. Midnight be like, stuff be looking urgent with Midnight. Dapper, he don't have that look. Like, he'll be looking at you, but he'll be looking like, when Midnight, when Dapper looks at you, it's kind of like he's looking through you sometimes, or he's just like, yeah, I'm looking at you. Or he'll talk. He'll be like, yeah, man, put some water in my dish, goddammit. But Midnight, when he be looking, he be like, what you doing? What you doing? What you got going? You putting food in the dish? What you doing, man? And he be watching me in the house. He be he be watching me. I'll be cleaning up, doing stuff. He'll be like, yeah, how long you going to be in there? What you doing, man? You cooking? And sometimes I'll be giving them the soft blinks, just be like, all right, stop looking at me so much. Because I feel like Midnight be watching me just so he can get into some shit when I leave. He'll be like, yeah, hurry up and clean this up so I can hop up on the counter when you leave. And I've called him a couple times, like, case in point, this past weekend, I cook my little dinner, and then I turn on the uh, while I'm while I'm cooking dinner, the Haney fight is on, and then after the Haney fight, the Deontay Wilder fight was on. So I'm in. I cook my food, and I, I still got the pots in the sink because I wanted to eat while it was hot. So all the skillets are in the sink, so I didn't get the chance to do the full cleanup and reset. So I'm in the living room, standing in front of the TV, eating the food, watching the Deontay Wilder fight, right? So I'm just watching the fight, looking at my food. I look back into the kitchen. Midnight is up on the sink. He's just in the sink. So I immediately, man, I throw my shoe dead at him. Like I'm a shoe thrower. You know, they say there's those old school Mexican moms or, you know, Latin moms, they'll throw the they'll throw the shoe at you. That's me. I guess it's in my DNA somewhere because I will throw my slides at midnight at a moment's notice. Full toss. And my aim is good. I have caught midnight good on several occasions. Let me tell you something. I'm accurate. I'll be catching his ass. I'll be I'll be anticipating his next move. So I throw the shoe accordingly. So I threw that shoe at him, and then he fled the scene. I'm just like, man, what was you doing, man? Stay up out of there. And I know he was on the counter today because when I got home from the gym, this little lollipop that the dude from Trader Joe's gave to Sabrina was on the floor. It was on the island when I left. So midnight be treacherous out here, man. And I'm sick of it. And he don't deserve my soft blinks. He don't deserve my soft blinks. He deserved the hard stares every time I look at him. Even when he come up purring and putting his neck meat on me, I'll be like, man, this. Tired of your ass, man. But soft blink these animals when you come in contact. They say Harrison Ford is joining the MCU. Harrison Ford will take over the role of General Ross from the late William Hurt in Captain America. Um, I like that casting. I like that casting. First of all, because I think 
Harrison Ford is a man's man. He's a man. And he looked like uh, I could see him as the military general, like, you know, because the general, general Ross is all about, I'm not feeling the Hulk. I'm not rocking with it. I ain't doing that. General Ross is kind of a hard ass. And Harrison Ford is a hard ass. He's badass. So I'm not mad at it. Matter of fact, I think he would have been a good General Ross from the start. Uh, he probably turned it down, I'm not sure. Because William Hurt, based on William Hurt's roles in the past, I feel like William Hurt has always picked roles where he's like the sensitive guy. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's he's a sensitive character, sensitive guy, you know, masculine, but just kind of on the softer side of uh of life and whatnot. Harrison Ford, on on the other hand, and Harrison Ford does have that 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 tender side to him as well. But I can also see him being a hard ass general out here in the street. So I I, I like it. I like the casting of Harrison Ford throwing him up in the MCU. Struggle Beard, uh, Struggle, Struggle Beard Bakery says Dennis Quaid would have been a good one too. Uh, yeah, William Hurt did die. Um, and I thought he was a good General Ross. I, I want to make that clear. I liked him in the role. Um, but Harrison Ford, man. I want him in the MCU, man. Harrison Ford is legend. So I'm with this, man. This is good news. Um, on the astronomy side of thing, on my Tony DeGrasse Tyson tip, um, a black hole burps up shredded star. So a black hole apparently burped up a shredded star. In October 2018, a small star was ripped to shreds when it wandered too close to a black hole in a galaxy located 665 million light years away from Earth. Though it may sound thrilling, the event did not come as a surprise to astronomers who occasionally witnessed these violent incidents while scanning the night sky. First of all, first of all, the fact that this is 665 million light years from Earth, the fact that you can even see that far and know what the hell is going on that far away from the planet is just insane to me. 665 million light years from Earth. What that means is whatever's that far, it would take us 665 million years to see, like let's say something that far exploded, right? Let's say a star at that distance exploded, like bam! It blew up. It would be 665 million years before we saw that explosion on Earth. That's how that's how big this shit is, man. That's ridiculous. And the fact that they just said a star was wandering too close to a black hole, like stars are just out here roaming around, carefree, skipping and singing. Stars are massive. And the fact that it was just wandering too close to this ultra-massive thing that just sucked it all up and burped it up is crazy. The fact that black holes are out here making stars look small is insane when you think about the size of these stars. The size of, the size of our star is considered a smaller star, but that shit is huge. Every time I think about the universe and start digging in, I'm just like, man, that shit is, 
massive nosebleed. Just thinking about how epic it is, it's just like, man, this is this is crazy. And what if what if our afterlife is us traveling through space and time? What if that is our afterlife? To where when we pass away from this plane, we start traveling space and time. And you you essentially could live forever as a spirit or whatever you want to call it, traveling through space and time because it's so expansive and so huge that you, you, you'll be traveling for damn near infinity and shit. Because I would, I would love to see the universe. I would love to see these other worlds, these other planets, these nebulas, these gas giants, these black holes, these event horizons, these amazing things like uh, supernovas and explosions and just to see a star up close. Man, I hope that's the afterlife. I hope the afterlife is us being able to go anywhere and see everything. Because that... It's so much out there. I would hate to just have it up to my imagination and pictures from NASA and just like, man, let us get in on this, man. Let us partake in the epicness of the universe. Let us see it firsthand. Because it sucks to, to not be, be able to see a star up close because it will melt your ass off. Can you imagine how beautiful it would be to see a star up close and to see those huge flames that they come around like a huge wave and coronas and man, I, I want to get in on this. I'm like, man, if I got to die to get in on it, man, sign, well, don't sign me up right now, but sign me up in the future. Cause I want to see this. I want to see this. It's a way, it's a waste of stuff. If we can't partake in it. It's a waste of good quality visuals if we can't get in on the universe. I want to see all these things. I want to see the colors. I want to see what Venus looks like. I want to see what Mars looks like. Jupiter, man. Saturn, man. Solar flares, comets, asteroids. I want to see all of this. And we just stuck on the planet, man, at the mercy of, of telescope visuals and satellite sendbacks. God damn, man. A black hole, a black hole is interesting to me, man. I'm just like, man, that shit is it's crazy out here. So I'm just, I just hope that we're able to, because, you know, I, I think about death all the time. And I think about, I think about what's next. And I hope I can reunite with loved ones lost. And, you know, now I never really thought about, you know, reuniting with loved ones lost because I've never had a devastating loss until I lost Serene. So it was just like, man, now I'm really like, yo, we got to reconnect. We we gotta we gotta meet each other again. We gotta see each other again, man. Please, that can't be it for me and Serene. Like I, I I hope and pray that there's there's something after this to where we can reconnect. And I'm just like, man, I hope it, I hope that it's real. Cause I don't want to just cease to exist and then it's nothing. That sucks. That's anticlimactic. To just to just die and then we out of here and that's it, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Give a give us something more in the afterlife, man, than just non-existence. Yeah. That's boring, man. Even when you're here, like my friend passed away last year, and I was like, it was one of those moments where it was just like I was sad about it. And then as the days went on, I was like, damn, that's it? Like it was literally right. like you like I I I have nothing to connect with this this nigga anymore. Right. Like at all. It's done. 
done. Gone. That's the that's the hardest part of accepting that is like that's it, bro. Right. That's what made me be like, man. But then it was like after time went on, it was like I would dream and then he would be there or whatever. But it would yeah. still be shocking to me because I, I can kind of I know when I'm dreaming. Right. So it's kind of like those things is like I know it's not real. Right. But I was like, I'm gonna just let this play out or whatever. Yeah. But it was like, man, it's like this sucks. Every time something happens, it's like, that's it. Man. That's, that's the part that gets me is like, that's it. That's it. And yeah. every day I live my life like that, like being like knowing like if something were to happen to me, be like, bro, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And it's just like, man, they gone. That's it. Cause I be thinking about this on a daily basis. I'm just like, yo, this can't be it, man. So I'm hoping that, you know, and you know, Saran came in my dream uh a couple weeks ago, I think he he was in there and I was just like, Yes, man, pull up. Pull up, pull up, pull up, man. I always want him in there, man. Pull up in them dreams. Pull up in them dreams, Saran, if you're listening. I'll be talking to Saran a lot more out loud. You know, Maya Maya made a painting for me of Saran. And it's up, it's up in the house. And we got we got multiple pictures and drawings of Saran in the house. And right now, before I put it up, I low-key, even though, even though Maya gifted it to me, I low-key want to gift it to Cherie. Um, so she can have that painting at her place. Um, cause I, she did a great job on it. I haven't, I haven't put it on uh, social media yet. And I was just like, man, but I'll be talking to it. I'll be talking to that painting. I'll be like, man, what's up, Serene? You know what I'm saying? Cause I feel like he's, he's right there in the painting and he's got the universe behind him. I'll post it for the Patreon so y'all can see it, but it's got to, it's got to be something else, man. Please be something else. Cause that's ceasing to exist, and then there's nothing else. Oh, that's just a waste of. That's just a waste of you know. This life and everything in it. It's just like man, it's got to be more. It's got to be more to it. The energy, the energy has to go somewhere. Uh, let me go to some questions. Veggie Girl twenty thirteen. Is there one song you listen to at least once a day, every single day? Is there one song I listen to at least once a day, every single day? Um, there's not a song that I listen to every single day. But I do have moments to where I listen to certain songs every day for, for, for a period of time. For example, one of those songs is Wake Up by Big Crit. Um, I would listen to that song every day. I listen to that song every day for damn near a year. Um, it's called Wake Up by Big Crit. And it's on the uh, Forever in the Day mixtape by Big Crit. I listen to that song every single day for like a year. Um, also, another song that I would listen to on a daily basis is Clean Heart by Sade. I would... uh. This was this was probably like for a full year too. Uh every morning I would wake up, and this is when the Baker boys were younger. So they were still in elementary school. This was like they were in like first, second grade, second, third grade. This is how young they were. I would get up in the morning, and this this is when when I was married, I was basically a uh pretty much essentially I was a stay-at-home dad, pretty much. I was a house, I was a uh a house husband, if you will. So 
I would get the boys ready for school. I would cook breakfast. I would pack their lunch. I would get them dressed, all of that. So I was doing all of this on a daily basis. So every morning, every morning when I would wake up, I would play Clean Heart and make their lunch to that song for like a full school year. So every morning I would listen to Clean Heart by Sade and make their lunch. And uh, so those are examples of songs that I would listen to every day for a period of time. Um, and those those two song, songs stick out the most. There was a period where I was listening to X Factor by Lauryn Hill every day for like, probably like a year. I probably did that song for a year too. X Factor by Lauryn Hill. So X Factor by Lauryn Hill, Wake Up by Big Crit, Clean Heart by Sade. These are like some some songs that I've listened to on a daily basis for a big period of time. Good question though, Veggie Girl 2013. You got a song like that, Amir? An everyday joint? Nah. I kind of rotate through ones yeah. like periodically. I was like, oh, I like this song. There's songs I revisit and stuff, but no, nah, I would say yeah. every day. Every That's kind of tough. Every day is tough. Uh, Andrew Smolinski asks, topic question, Tony, who is the coldest slasher horror villain in your opinion? Like most unbeatable and scary and can beat all the rest in a Hunger Games like Showdown. Out of the slashers, I know they tried to change the narrative with Freddy versus Jason and try to make it like a... Let me ask you this first, Andrew, before I give my answer. Is is Freddy Krueger considered a slasher? Is Freddy Krueger in this list? Can he be included? I don't know if Andrew is still in here, but let's see. He is slasher. Slorita say he is slasher. Yeah. I th- okay, so Freddy's included. So in that case, I think Freddy is the most unbeatable and scary simply because he can do all kind of outlandish shit. There's there's really no limitation to what he's capable of. Yeah, you have to be sleep, but within that realm, if you get if you get Freddy within the sleep realm, you got nothing because he can do anything. He can do every and anything in the dreams. So it's just like, all right, he can be a giant spider. He can be, he can have long arms. He can be, you know, an atomic bomb. He can just do all kind of just wild shit to kill you. And so he can turn you into something. I remember he turned that girl into a roach in uh, her dream. And so um, in within the dream realm, and within, you know, Freddy Krueger and his maximum powers, I got to go with Freddy just because he's capable of so much shit. And he's the scariest to me. Scariest to me, though, is Michael Myers. Because Freddy, Freddy got too much personality. When I think about killers, Michael Myers is the scariest to me because his mask is scary and he has zero personality. That's scary to me. He don't talk. There's no, there's no personality. Arguably, Michael Myers and Jason are the same. They both don't talk. They both do this. But Jason looks kind of silly in the hockey mask. I'm going to just be honest. Like the hockey mask kind of 
kind of that's not a scary look to me. Jason's hockey mask is not scary to me. Uh, Michael Myers' mask is scary to me. That's a scary mask. And so he gets points for that over Jason. And the fact that he has no personality, he's not interested in what you're talking about, that makes him even more scary. Freddie is funny sometimes. He be talking too much. And it's like, like once I was starting to get into your personality, you're not as, as scary anymore. Candyman can be scary, but he's also romantic. You know what I'm saying? He, there's a there's a romantic element to Candyman. It's just like, you're not as scary now either because, you know, his voice is scary. His look is scary. The way he be killing people is scary. But th- there's that romantic element there too. Pinhead is gross to me. Chucky has too much personality. He's funny and he's wild, but he's not scary to me. Leatherface seems sloppy and just wild and unhinged. And I feel like I can run away from Leatherface. Norman Bates, you know, you feel kind of sorry for him. He's not scary to me. But Michael Myers, man, Mike is just creepy, man. So he's technically the scariest. But in practicality, like if we if we put this on our lives, Freddie is by far the scariest one because you have to sleep. You have to sleep eventually. Like everybody else, you can run from, you can manipulate, you can choose not to mess with that little pinhead box that unlocks them cats. You can not say Candyman in the mirror. You can run from Jason. You can run from Michael Myers. You can sock Chucky out if need be. You can throw him, you can throw him in the oven. You can sling him around by his ankle. You can do all of these things. Norman Bates, you can dodge the slash in the shower and sock his skinny ass up. But Freddie, though, he can come night after night, man. If you survive, you somehow survive the dream and you don't get killed in the dream, guess what? You got to sleep again. You got to go to sleep again, man. As long as you're going to stay up, you got to fall back asleep. And so that's terrifying. That's terrifying, man. It's like you, you gonna fall asleep because you have to sleep. No matter, no matter how much you fight it, that sleep is coming for your ass. The Sandman ain't shit. The Sandman ain't shit because the Sandman is setting you up for Freddie to get you. The Sandman is like, I see you out here trying to stay up. <laughs> Pat, knock your ass out. Now you in Freddie's world because the Sandman was like. <laughs> I got your ass. I've been hearing about lucid dreaming, and I believe in it. Yeah. Why not? I believe in that. Why the hell not? Anyway, I got to get the hell up out of here. I got I still got to do Gross Point Bake today, and I still got one more, one more movie review to do. Uh, I want to thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of Verbal Cardio. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. Shout out to Amir holding it down. Uh, we talk about breakfast. We talking about, I want timestamps for breakfast. I want timestamps for the slashers. I want timestamps for, you know, not really Kanye, man. Not really. Um, the universe. Um, I appreciate y'all for tuning in, man. Uh, I'm always taking the questions. Shout out to the patron saints. Shout out to Harrison Ford. Shout out to the Bisons out here getting that revenge. They sick of y'all asses, man. Shout out to all of that. Um, Thank y'all for tuning in. Make sure you're drinking your water. And we out.